every Thursday. I'll be your host of Give Grief the Finger. I'm Jay Lewis III. I interview everyday people that have chosen to transform and repurpose their grief to find a better version of themselves. In essence, give grief the finger. Learn to take grief's negative energy and use it to your advantage. Episode 9 is titled, It's a Man's World, But Sometimes It Crushes Us. My guest on the show is Mr. Harvey Laguerre. Harvey's a men's life coach and hosts of two podcasts. One is called Love is Black and the other is called Men are the Prize. Through personal circumstances and professional experience, Harvey's dedicated his life to helping men to channel their emotions and reestablish their self-worth. Welcome to The Finger. Harvey Laguerre. Harvey, thank you for coming to the show. Thank you for the invite. I'm glad to be here. Talk about what led you to life coaching. I think for me, it was I went through a long time in my life where I was kind of struggling with getting my life in order. I didn't really have direction. And I don't think I really had somebody helping me in particular. I mean, for all of us, we can have somebody say, oh, you need to do this, get this job, meet this woman, do whatever. But I had my own struggle. And while we do go through the same, a lot of the same struggles as men, we go, we go in different directions, different things happen. So it's good to have somebody in particular to talk to you about what's going on with you. So after going through everything I went through, I attempted suicide, struggles with my parents and life and I realized that I probably would have done better had I had somebody to talk to who would have been able to listen to me, guide me, help me through life, help me through my struggles. I'm better suited to do that now because, you know, I made it through without that help. And now I can talk to a man and specifically ask him, you know, like real questions. What's going on? What do you want to do? Is this going to make you happy? Are you taking care of you? Some real specific questions because somebody who is a coach for you is a coach for you to help you with your life, not just life but your particular life, your particular situation, your mental health, your physical health, everything about you. So that's what I felt like after I realized I didn't have that, I wanted to be that for men out there. So that's where I led me. I'm Haitian, so I get that out the way. So grew up in a big, large Haitian family, only child, and the, and the house I was in, we had a house, my mom and my dad living together, but it was a just chaotic marriage. Very much so. Very abusive, physically, mental, emotionally, all of it. So I I watched that. I grew up in that. So I got to see abuse just like firsthand. I could see it. I could hear it. As a kid, I don't think I really caught on to how many it affected me. I caught on later on as an adult, as eventually in potential relationships. But growing up, just seeing how my mother was treated, not only by my father, but by my family, not helping. She was kind of in this by herself. Once they got divorced and then I moved on from that, I very much was, I pretty much, I really feel like I kind of raised myself from then on. I mean, I had a house, I went to school, you know, they got me clothes and stuff, but the, the me personally, it was me. And that's the first thing. When it became apparent that I didn't have really somebody in on my side, in my corner, it just became apparent 
that I need to take care of myself. I do my laundry. I do whatever. I kind of got into my room. I just stayed in there. I didn't have a TV in my room, so I had music. So I'm a music head. That's me. I'm jazz. I'm R&B. I'm rocking a little bit of everything. So just how I was raised and how I raised myself is what led me to do what I do, talk how I talk. It was just kind of seeing a bad relationship. It led me also to not thinking about ever getting married because the way that marriage looked, it didn't look like something I wanted to be a part of. And then other, and then I'm in a large family. I have a lot of aunts and uncles and there were a lot of marriages while they stayed together, they weren't successful. There's a lot of people who, in my opinion, who were just still married, but not in successful marriages. So I saw all this and I'm like, I don't think this is what I want. Like, I want to have kids. I want to, you know, I want to, you know, procreate and have little Harveys or Harvettes, whatever in the world. <laughs> but I don't know if marriage is going to be the way. So that was it. So a lot of that, a lot of what I saw, relationships, how people were treated, how I was treated by those people in those toxic relationships led me to what I do. But the kind of relationships that I would have, whether or not I trust people too much, too little, a lot of what you see and experience growing up really throw it, it affects you, it throws you in different directions. So that first 10 years really shaped how I thought about relationships. The next 10 years or so really shaped how I felt about me because after finishing school and going to college and I fell down and I messed up, had no self-esteem and I was shot and almost, uh, not shot, I mean, mentally I was just spent. And then almost, and I tried to kill myself and I had all these feelings of just, no control, no respect for myself, nor did I feel like I was getting it from anybody else. So I had a lot, these 10 year spans and I've never really kind of pieced it together that way, but that's kind of what it was. It's just all that I experienced, my environment and the people in my environment and how they treated me and each other is really what led me to doing what I do now. You talked about relationships and not getting married, but I understand you're married to a beautiful woman and well, you have, yes. you have a couple kids, you yes, know, talk to me about the podcast specifically, Love is Black. Please explain to me about how that came about. So just because you mentioned it. So and I said, I had no intention of getting married. We, I don't know. I think a lot of us have a tendency. We talk a big game about things <laughs> up until you walk into a room and you see your wife. And that's really what it was. I have, I'm not saying I wasn't going to be happy to be in a relationship, but a marriage was not something I thought was going to happen. I walked into a room at work one day and saw this woman, and I'm like, that's going to be my wife. And there was really no if, ands, or buts. I met her. took a little while. She was dating somebody else. I had to wait for that dude to get up out the way. And then when then I came through, we got together. Boom, that's my wife. And that's what that is. I didn't want to get married, but I had to marry her. And that's really what that is. So we've been together for a while, COVID came along and we were married for, I'm going to say, because it was 2020, about 10, 11 years we've been married. COVID comes along and we'd always talked about just doing a podcast because we have great conversations. We don't agree on a lot of things. We have really conflicting opinions about things. So we'd always have interesting conversations. And we're like, you know what? We just need to have, we need to do a podcast. All of a sudden COVID comes along and we can't go anywhere anyway. Now we just home. So I'm like, all right, and then we like, let's just do this. And then we just started talking and just had a mic in the room. I think we wanted to because black relationships are not presented in the positive light in the media, TV, movies, music, whatever. It's always a mess. Black love is always crazy. There's always something wrong. There's always something going on. And we're like, that's not how it should be presented. So we're like, we're going to show positive, good love. 
love that's black. That's good luck. So our we're, we just finished four seasons. We're about to start season five soon. The first season is all us talking about our relationship. What have we gone through? How did we meet? What struggles did we go through? Our ups, our downs. I'm 10 years older than her. When we got together, she had kids already. We had all these things that we could talk about. And we just talked about us, conversations. How do we feel about this and that? And through these conversations, it just shows the reality of marriage. Marriage is not picture perfect at all. Marriage is work. Marriage is commitment. Marriage is time. But our love, our marriage is good because it's black. And we figured the best way to name our podcast, Love is Black, that's it. And we just talk about our relationship. The next season, we straight up were like, listen, we want to hear love stories. Pretty much season two is black couples coming on, telling us how they met, how they got together, how somebody proposed, all the issues, the ups and downs of relationships in the end to show that black love is a beautiful thing. We wanted to present that. Season three, we did somewhat the same thing, but then different subjects. We, we talked about poly, talked about LGBTQ, a lot of things, different parts of love that's black, but we always came back to the same central idea. Last season, the same thing that just finished. We had great discussions. And this podcast just reminded me, not that I needed it. I love this one. We have four kids. <laughs> I'm a stay-at-home dad of four kids. I'm here. We have four children. And just this constant reminder that we don't agree on everything. We get on each other's nerves. That's marriage. When you with somebody constantly, that's the way it is. But I, there's nobody else I'd rather be with. And that's what we talk about on this podcast. And that obviously led me to do Love is um, Men are the Prize. But Love is Black is the original. And then Men okay. are the Prize is the sequel. Okay. Talk about Men are the Prize. Mm -hmm. Right now, men are going through... A interesting situation because, of course, I always say we're always considered the hunter-gatherer. We're not really supposed to display any types of emotion. But in doing that, sometimes men get a little, quote-unquote, on the crazy side, put it that way, because we're internalizing everything. So talk about Men of the Prize and how you have that approach came about actually so after doing uh love is black for a few seasons i really started kind of thinking about myself about my situation and how i got to where i was you know in a in a relationship in a happy marriage with my wife and my kids family and such and i see a lot of men who don't have that a lot of men who want that but a lot of men who may not know how to get that and i'm like as many times as I've seen, we have a lot of people out here who think they know about dating and about relationships and all this. And there's this constant women are the prize type of thing. And like you said, we're here chasing these women. If you're heterosexual, that's it. It's these men going out there to prove themselves to these women and all that because they're the prize. And it really occurred to me that I don't entirely disagree with the phrase that women are the prize. But I think men are pretty good, too. And I think we're the prize also. So that's where I came up with Men Are The Prize, and that's the name of the podcast. I'm like, I want a space for men to be open to speak. It's, for me, the podcast isn't entirely about what they're speaking about. It's about them speaking. Right. We aren't raised to speak, to communicate, to express our emotions, to talk about what's going on. We're here to take care of everybody else. We're here to provide comfort, to provide a space to live, to breathe, to eat, to provide the clothes, the roof over your head, all that stuff. 
and I, I, the more I talk about this, I'm like, we men are raised to have a list of people we take care of. And we're never on that list. We are not there. And this is really what this podcast is to make sure that in that list, on that list, you're first. You can take care of your wife or your spouse or your partner or your kids or your family or your friends or your job or your business. But you can do that better when you take care of you first. It's being on a plane and it's, you know, we're not, you know, we're about to crash. And they always tell you to help. You got to put your mask on first before you can help everybody else. It is imperative for me to be at my best so I can help everybody else. So I can help my wife with whatever she needs, with my kids, whatever they need, with my boss, whatever he needs, my best friend, my whatever. And it's a good idea, but to do that, it requires us to do something we don't usually do. And that's to think about ourselves. So when I talk to men on this podcast, I'll just throw them questions. I don't, I ask a little bit about what else is going on, who else is around you. But the podcast is really about you. What do you do to self-soothe? How do you take care of you? What do you do for you that has nothing to do with your family and anybody else? Something that is selfishly for your benefit. I did that and people didn't even have an answer. These men, we don't think about ourselves at all. Nothing. So like, like that's the more I did this podcast, the more I realized that we value ourselves so little, that's imperative that we have to, we have to bring ourselves up. So I'm like, what do you do for you? If something is going on, who do you talk to? Do you have a man you could call text right now and tell him some dumb stuff that you did and he would be there for you? And uh, at the beginning, they didn't. The, a lot of these guys didn't have anyone because that's another thing. As men, we don't we don't have tribes anymore. We don't have groups. Men, we used to get together. We used to talk. We could go there. We could say whatever, and we could release. We're more in this age of the lonely man type of thing. We don't talk. I don't have a boy, so I don't have something to do for me, right. and I don't have somebody to talk to about what's going on with me. So it's all here. It's all stuck. And of course, when I have all these emotions and I don't have anybody to release them to, I don't have anywhere to let them go. What happens? At some point, we are all human and it's going to come out some way. And when it does, that's when we're toxic because we had no other reason. So it's anger. Right. We don't have anything else. We're not allowed to cry. So it comes out in bad ways. And that's what this toxic, which I think is crap, that term is. We don't have a way to express it. So that's really what this podcast is. Brother, what's going on with you? Do you have something that's been sitting there? I mean, I'll talk to guys like, you know, I went to high school. I wanted to play on the football team, but I wasn't good enough. I didn't make it. And I felt depressed about that. But I didn't have anybody to tell me about, to talk to about that, to reassure me, to let me know that I'm not, you're not just an athlete. There's more to you. But I didn't have that. So it sat there. There's that girl that I wanted. I wanted to date her, but she wasn't having me. She was dating a you know, quarterback in a football team. So I felt no self-esteem. I thought I was worthless, but I had anybody to talk to about that. So that sat there too. So even as boys growing up, we don't have that person to express those emotions to. And it just builds. It just builds. And that's and it gets worse and worse. And then the issues become bigger. I'm a teen. I ain't get that girl. I ain't make the team. Those don't seem minor, but it's a big thing when I'm 14. But when I'm 18, when I'm 19 and I don't get the job because somebody else got it, or I don't get to drive the car I want because I don't make the money, or this girl won't talk to me because I don't have whatever, all these things build up because we don't talk. I really am of the impression that 99% of the issues that we men have can be solved if somebody would sit down and listen to me or to you. What's going on? Just tell me. 
just talk. A lot of the times, whatever issues are going on, you may not know they're there, but maybe after talking, you do realize they're there. And now that's the next step. How do I fix it? I didn't know I felt this way. I didn't know I felt like this about me. I didn't know I was still harboring this pain from 10 years ago. Or I didn't know that I was still struggling with abuse that I dealt with when I was a child. There's some stuff that was happening that I didn't get to express. Things that we, we, we nurture in our girls. Tell me what's going on. If you're hurt, cry about it, release. The boys don't get that. We're supposed to be tough, strong, rub some dirt on it, keep it moving. <laughs> we don't get that. This podcast is a space for you to, you don't have to rub some dirt on it. Let's expose it. Let's talk about it. What's the struggle? What can we do to help you? You need help. Every guy I talk to on this podcast is a friend now. I'm like, you have my information. If you need my number, I give it to you. You got my email. Something's going on. Talk to me and we'll, we'll figure whatever out because we need that. That's what this podcast is. It's an open space for a man to make a friend, to talk about whatever you need to. And it makes it so much easier to deal with life. Life is hard. We know that. But if I can express that, it makes it a lot easier to deal with. Understood. It's a great approach to being able to let men be able to have that kind of conversation where it's a safe space environment. How do you think traditional values have affected our circumstances? I know you talked a lot about it in your podcast, but you know, when, when, when we grow up, even if you grow up in a two-parent family, the whole thing is with the man, they're going to teach you certain male values. Like you say, don't cry rub some dirt on it, do what you need to do. That's why a lot of us just, a lot of men, we become just drinking buddies. We can't have deep conversation. You know, it's kind of hard to have deep conversation with somebody after you're four drinks in. <laughs> you know, I mean, okay. where do you thing see is how tradition has just totally screwed men up, put it that way, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, it's true. It's because it's what we're supposed to be as men. Our tradition in society, and particularly if you're Caribbean, I'm Haitian, like I mentioned, there's a specific way men are supposed to be. We're supposed to do this. We're supposed to provide this. We're supposed to be this. When that's the way we're supposed to be, everything else is not taught. We are raised to, I guess, be the mirror image of our father. We're raised to grow, get up, go to school, get a job, take care of everything. And it's even, it's religious too. There's a lot to it. We're supposed to be husbands, heads of the family, stoic, straightforward, take care of business. This time we are raised to be a certain kind of way. In a lot of ways, man, being a man has one definition and it's just being hard, cold. It's just business, not emotion. It, it, it covers everything. It's how we handle being husbands. We're just leader of the family, cold, mental. As a father, cold mental it's just we handle business but we're not there's no nuance how can people get in touch with you mm -hmm. whether it's for your services or to hear your podcast so harveylaguerre.com so i'll spell it out harvey obviously is h-a-r-v-e-y laguerre is l-a-g-u-e-r-r-e harveylaguerre.com is where you can find my podcast all my links to my social media is there i'm going to start bumping up with my blogs Everything is there. If you want to kind of see what I'm doing, if you want to, your best bet is all my podcasts. You can watch or listen to them. They're all there. 
So go to my website and watch or listen to them there. If you want to reach me in particular about coaching services, menofzealousnature at, at gmail.com. But reach out to me there. Give me an idea. Let me know a little bit something about you, your age, blah, 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 whatever. And we'll schedule something and we'll talk. And we have a real conversation, man to man. We'll talk about some stuff and I'll see if I'm the person that can help you out. It might be me. You might need to talk to somebody else first based on your location. I talk to men all over the world and such. So based on location and times and stuff, hopefully it's me, but I'm lucky that I know other men. So okay. I like to have a good circle. Check the website to find the podcast, to find the links to my social media, email me to talk to me personally. I'm here to help men. When we men are better, this world is a better place. Our homes are better. Our, our streets are better, our neighborhoods, our cities, our states, our countries, our world. When we men are better, when we're better, when we feel better about ourselves, it just spreads to everybody around us. And that's what I'm trying to do. Well, you know, Harvey, we have to make sure that when we're dealing with so many circumstances, it's very easy for us to feel beaten down. When we challenge the grief, it can do some enormous things for us. So again, thank you for your time. I really appreciate that. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to episode nine. It's a man's world, but sometimes it crushes us. Featuring Harvey Laguerre. New episodes air every Thursday. Next week, I'll be speaking with Michael Overly. He's a podcaster, an author, an executive consultant, and a canine partner energy coach. Here is an interview and others on my show by one of your favorite podcast platforms. Or just go to my website, jl3motivation.com. There you can read my latest blogs on grief and how to use it as fuel to move you forward. Leave me an email. You can also book me for either in-person or virtual speaking engagements. Oh, and remember, grief is energy that you can transform and repurpose to discover a better version of yourself.